Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I'm your host, Special, and on this show, I do one of two things. Either I'm highlighting brand new music that's dropped, or I'm sitting down with artists to break down their latest project, and that's what we're doing on this episode. I sat down with Nicolay and the Hot at Nights for a hilarious and fun conversation about their latest incredible instrumental album called Glaciers. It was hilarious because it's four guys in one microphone just passing it around, making jokes, continuously introducing themselves because my mic kind of looks like a Bob Barker style microphone so just having a great time but we talked all about the project including the title the artwork their favorite songs and the crazy story about how they started this project over five years ago and then a hard drive crash and just the process in remaking things and only having certain parts just such a good story for anybody who creates anything and just kind of that resilience so let's hop into it you guys want to introduce Introduce yourselves to the people. What's going on? My name is Nicolay. Hi, I'm Matt. Matt Douglas. Hi, I'm Nick. Nick Baglio. I'm Chris Burner. Yay! I'm so happy to have you guys here. We got to talk all about glaciers. Absolutely incredible. Got to get started with the basics. How did you guys come up with the title? Well, the title is actually kind of a play on the fact that it took us like ages to finish the record. Mm. Um, we started the record, I think, sometime in 2020. 12 2013 and just because of a, a number of reasons um it just took us a while to really finish it the, the biggest reason was a hard drive crash in which we lost kind of most of it and um so then we had to really motivate ourselves to kind of retry it if you will so the the glaciers part is kind of directly upon on the fact that it took forever to um to finish it but also that we noticed they were starting to kind of melt the mm. tracks if you will so we had to we had to finally set them free for the people i love that so much and then when it comes to the artwork for it the artwork is freaking gorgeous thank you where did that idea come from i'd love to claim credit for it but really i um i just found this one photo of the astronaut um in the in the landscape and it really kind of um spoke to me instantly because he's out of his element kind of and and so it's a play on the fact that our music is kind of um spacey kind of ambient the glaciers element is kind of represented in it and so we kind of built on that vibe of the of the astronaut kind of out of his element symbolizing i guess a little bit about how we approach music how we approach kind of playing together mm -hmm. and then you guys all have such important roles on this project I think I'd like each of you to go around and say what your favorite song is. Mine, personally, is Pioneer 11, so we'll talk about that one. But each of you just talk about your favorite song and why that's your favorite on this project. I would have to say mine would be uh, Saturn. Mm, yes. Just from a standpoint that I get to play the most notes on that song. <laughs> so from a note quota standpoint, it's excellent. Um, no, I like it because it's sort of a reachable, uh, what's that word, where you're, it's very... Attainable? Uh, but that's not the one I'm looking for, though, but that's the, that's the right, um, I don't know, it's an, if, if for a song that's odd meter, it's, um, it doesn't feel that Accessible. way. Accessible is the word. Yeah, so where it's like, oh, I don't even know what that is, but sure, that would be my favorite. Hopefully you can edit the living shit out of that <laughs> and what I just said here. But I love the teamwork part of it. You know what I mean? Like you guys have, have been working together for so long, touring together for so long that it's like you guys are able to help each other out with words. It's hard for me to say I have a favorite. I mean, um, I like Of Days Gone By a whole lot because it's just 
kind of relaxing and takes its time and you know there's different sort of levels of patience uh in in these songs you know and that's one that really has a lot of emotion to it to me i mean some people might call it boring but i i don't i you know really love all of it i mean we spent a good bit of time on this record and it came together in the end it just sort of after we finished it was like wow this is done and kind of like it you know so <laughs> yeah um, yeah matthew i'm terrible uh, with the titles is the of days gone by is that the da da dee da 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 what's that is one that's your favorite yeah all right that's tell me something new let's tell me something new right i would say that my favorite is tell me something new oh. and i just really like the melody to it uh, but I also like as a sax player on it that when we play it live, we we sort of uh, it kind of goes at the end a little bit. I'm kind of improvising towards the end, and I never completely understand what key I'm playing in when we play it, and I like that. I, I sort of like that about this band in general. I feel like I, there are a lot of songs where I'm I'm playing and I don't really understand what key we're playing in, and I could ask because somebody would know. But it's more fun to not know. Uh, and then just kind of like feels a little bit more uh, free, natural that way. I think my favorite is Now the Coast is Clear because like that's what we came out with initially. It was kind of the, the opening salvo, if you will, of, of what we were doing. And it really connected with people. You know, I'm just really proud of how that one came out specifically. Um, as I said before, some of these tracks have been four or five years in the making. And it's easy to kind of lose interest in in music when it takes so long. But like sometime last year, we kind of really found sort of the sweet spot again where we got re-excited about it. And that track, I think, sort of kicked everything off for for us. It was the first track that we finished mixing and mastering and, and put out as a single. And I think to this day, that one is really um, special to me. Makes sense. I love Pioneer 11 because it feels like a jam session. I watched the Warehouse Live video that you guys did, and it just really gives off that jam session vibe. And But at the same time, there's these spacey elements to it to where it's like oh shit we're in space this is dope what was it like making that one particularly oh it's it's i think of all the tracks that one i think was the most sort of collaborative of all of us i think we ended up kind of writing it together everybody um it was really a track that was kind of built up in stages and everybody literally put their own touch on it um and so i think that was definitely one of the more collaborative ones and it's it's just interesting to see the progression of that one specifically it started out as a pretty cool idea it was really the guys turned it into just they they really kind of took it to another level so it's it's a very good i think example of what the added value is of the four of us together kind of the sum being bigger than the the part sort of thing definitely and then when it comes to the cohesiveness of this project and i even read on like the foreign exchanges website about how you want to kind of ride to this, get in a car and ride to it. And I personally just love instrumental projects, period, because you get to take this journey and, you know, whether you're doing work or riding in a car or just being able to dedicate that mind space to this journey that you're taking along with these musicians. What about riding in a car kind of spoke to this project for you guys to kind of put that in basically the biography of the project? I think for myself, I've always kind of, looked at the music that I do as um, as something that I associate with moving, movement, 
moving things. I think especially a lot of the tracks on this project really kind of have sort of that flux in them. And I think especially when it comes to instrumental music, which it can be a tough pill to swallow for some people, we really felt that the album... And the fact that the album is instrumental is is one of its stronger points. We really spend a lot of time on on melody, on the arrangements, on hooks, on just making sure that everything was in its right place. And I think it's an album that you can enjoy in a number of ways. But I, to myself, like I said, I I love listening to that album, for instance, in an airplane, or it's just it, it gives you that sort of sense of going somewhere, you know. No, that, that's super felt. It's a very interesting point. Just all of your music in general, like there is a movement to it. So it's cool to really just take on that movement. I love that so much. And then was there a song that was easiest to make on this one? Easiest. Um, it's interesting. The, the way this project started, and we didn't really talk about that, is, is Nicolay essentially sent me a pile of demos that were basically... I don't know if they were foreign exchange rejects or they were just stuff that might have been a little bit outside of the foreign exchange lane. And we went through them and I guess sort of picked out ones that we really liked or ones that I liked. And we first started by having the stems of these tracks broken up and Nick Baglio and I stepped into the recording studio and put new live drums on all of it. And that's sort of where it started. So we didn't know what was going to happen with this stuff, and it, and it all evolved tremendously after that. But um, I don't know. I think beyond that, there was one of the songs was a demo of mine that called The Current that made it. And that one, that one felt pretty easy yeah. because I sent it to Nicolay, and then he put some keyboards on it. And it wasn't a whole lot of rearranging or anything that happened with that one. Some of them, it took a little more work where we had to add extra sections to like Saturn and, you know, the iterations of these where some of them had wildly different drums on them to start off with. And we just sort of, some things we had to simplify a whole lot. And, uh, you know, some of it we started recording in, in 2013, I think. And then some of the drum parts are from 2018. You know, right. earlier this year, we were adding drums to some of these songs. So it's it's definitely over five years, you know, different. Some of the guitar solos might be from 2018, some from way back then. So And the record, it lived in Nicolay's studio. It lived in Nick Baglia's studio, in my studio, in Matt Douglas's studio, and externally in, in some other commercial facilities. So saw a lot of... Uh, different rooms <laughs> you know no but that's super cool because you don't want it to feel like it's just nicolay featuring the hotter nights or it's the hotter nights featuring nicolay like for it to live in all these different studios and to come together like that really gives ownership to it that it's like nope this is a little bit of everybody yeah. so that's that's super and it's, cool. it's different than our previous release was uh the shibuya session mm-hmm. ep and uh that was literally us four in the studio playing live we went into this new record with the intention of making a studio album you know and, and exploiting the advantages of the studio as it pertains to that and that's what we got and it's a wildly different thing anybody else have the easiest yeah, i mean everything's pretty easy for me <laughs> but it's, it is pretty amazing on the um, I, I wouldn't say our lives have been super easy since we started the record i mean just in the fact that 
you know, because the Hotted Nights also put out a record last year called Three Kids. I think when we first started making the Glaciers record, it, you said 2013, right? So it was before, before all the- any of us had kids. Yeah. Mm. And I've had three kids since, and Chris has had one as well. And I am a kid. And Nicolay is, is a large child. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, very baby. slender, very but tall. Yeah, child. huge, huge baby <laughs> in track pants. It's a seven-foot baby in track pants. So it's kind of interesting to think about, like, which one was easiest and then to think back on, like, the last five years of our lives and be like, man, I don't know. It none either, of it was easy. None, either none of it was easy or that was the easiest thing that could have happened to any of us was making this record compared to what the rest of our life was like. So I think about that conceptually in a very fond way. Nick Bagley. Thanks, Matt. I wouldn't say that any of them were easy. What I thought was interesting because, I mean, this is the only time this has happened to me where because the songs, the process when we started was so long ago that for a second, I wasn't even sure that anything would even happen with it. Like that we this could all go in the trash and it would never, it was just more of a memory than anything. But thankfully, you know, because of the hard drive crash and getting everybody back up and running. But I think listening back to that stuff four years after it happened it was all very like oh that's right it went like this and so you had like a fresh set of ears on it which i think when you make a record usually it's just go 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 and then it's done and you're sick of it uh and then you go play it live all over the place but for this i thought it was cool and like chris had said about the process of making the music where it came back around and it was sort of like oh well maybe the way that you heard it this time around was different then even like your headspace and your playing, you know, like for me, it was hard to listen to some of the things that I chose to play just personally four or five years ago uh, would maybe a choice that I wouldn't make now. But I'll say that, you know, I think mo- every musician will always go back and be like, you know, for better or for worse. So this has nothing to do with that question at all. Total tangent. But uh, I love the insight, though. But yeah, it's just a very weird thing. I think none of it was easy, but at the same time. All of it felt easy in the sense that the collaboration was very natural. I think the hardest part was just once it was kind of down in the dumps for a little bit, I think the hardest part was kind of getting out of that motivation, finding that. But I think, like Nick earlier uh, said, I think once we listened to the material a couple of years after the fact and, and we just realized, like, wow, this is actually really great. And at the same time, I think some of the most dramatic moments probably came at the end when it comes to certain performances certain kind of special sauces that we put over top so it really i think was the most sort of fraught album the most sort of labored album that i've ever made i mean mostly i'm i'm the captain of my own ship and i don't have to sort of even think about dealing with other people contributing or making calls and and i think the most refreshing part of this was going back and forth with chris trying to really get these things to be the absolute best that we could some of the final mixes were number like 20 21 30 in like literally small changes big changes Um, we really wanted to do the album justice sonically and spend whatever time we could find to to do it right and so i think it's really an album that is very satisfying factory for me to look back on just because i know that no stone was left on turn normally when i release an album like a month in i'm like ooh, you hear what you could have done better in this instance like literally every single note every hi-hat every bass line it's it's 
exactly where we wanted it to be. And that's an incredibly um, gratifying feeling for me. Definitely kind of a new experience. And I think one of the reasons that I love the the project so much is just the pure heart and soul. There's a lot of passion in it. And I think you hear you hear that in the record. Just such an interesting and cool journey because I just love the idea of creative processes. And that's a whole different creative process to have something to lose it and look back on it and be like, oh, okay, this is how we can do it differently. It's just super, super interesting. And even how you're saying, like, when you hear the old stuff again, like, even me as a listener, I'll listen to Spotify and they, you know, try to gauge your memory of the songs. And they'll play songs from like five, six years ago. And the minute it hits, you're like, oh, wow, I remember this. So to do that as an actual musician to hear something you did a while ago, I'm like, oh, wow, I remember this. And not only do I remember it, but I can enhance it and have a second try at it. It's a super, super cool process. And you guys talked about how melody was a big part of it. Also making a commercial album. And I also know that a big part of it was songwriting. You guys really wanted to make songs. What was it like creating that and kind of coming to each other with that idea and saying, hey, you know, last time we were live, it was incredible, but let's really focus in on songwriting, melody, and a commercial album. I distinctly remember talking to Chris and and explaining to him that I really wanted to do something that... um kind of what Chick Corea was trying to do with, with Return to Forever albums, where he wanted to make a jazz album that would have a broad appeal to people and, and to whatever extent they would really kind of focus in and tailor the music to be not just highbrow or elite or something like that, but truly something that a lot of people could enjoy. And I think we really wanted to do that. We didn't want to make a critical darling or anything. We really wanted to make something that people would, would enjoy. And I think the songs are a big part of that. I think it's one thing if somebody is a really great musician, but I think ultimately it's it's the songs that will take it over the top. And and so I think a lot of the melodies, a lot of the arrangement, a lot of the movement in them, everything was super deliberate just to make something that I think a large variety of people can enjoy. Did you guys have anything you wanted to add to that? Chris Burner. The songs, like I said, most of them came in an incomplete form. So we got a chance to build on a lot of Nicolay's ideas. Like I remember Matt and I would sit in Matt's studio and just kind of hammering out melodies on the piano. And he's, you know, we're trying to sort of figure out what's going to fit here, you know, in this part of the song. So it's like an interesting songwriting process because, you know, a lot of times you you might have a melody first where this was very, I don't know that in our case at least, the melody never existed first. And there were some of these already had like the final drum take on them. And so Nick is tracking drums without not knowing the melody sometimes. And, you know, so it was sort of like a really piecemeal process. And then we'd have to go back and change the drums, you know, later to kind of suit the the section or whatever. Very different from any record I've ever made. Yeah. Almost like a musical exercise. Totally. I've heard people talk about getting stems before and kind of just from a rapper's and like a producer's perspective, just trying to piece that together and it not matching up correctly, but like to do it with all these different instruments and like you said, without the melody sometimes and stuff like that, like it just really sounds like musician exercise. I meant Douglas here. Being a, 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 a saxophone player, but also all of us being oh, um, saxophonists, uh, yes. Uh, I like improvising when we play our shows live and I feel like we maintain the character of of all of the songs that we're playing live, you know, mostly thanks to Chris and Nicolay for having 
designed the stage show to be so representative of the of the record in a really great way. But uh, I'm I'm not super interested in improvising a ton in the process of making the record I wasn't super interested in like blowing a bunch of solos over it and I feel like that's just my taste over the last few years has been more about interesting songs you know interesting textures you know kind of depth of field in the sound and melody but I'm not really particularly interested in hearing a bunch of long-winded solos, certainly not for myself, you know. But I think that's what makes a live show fun, right? It's fun to, you know, let loose and it's exciting and people are in the moment so they can experience the moment with you. But on the record, I feel like, you know, it's a little bit more of a fat-trimmed mm-hmm. uh, experience. Much. And uh, I personally like that part of it, that there's just less improvisation. Oh, it's Chris Burner here. Slight tangent, but very much related, and and this might be a curveball for you, but we, the Hot at Nights, a year ago, released a new record called Three Kids, and it was very much a similar, similarly made record. You know, we set out, and previously the Hot at Nights had done all live albums. I mean, our three previous releases were us playing live in the studio, and this is the same process where we have wrote a bunch of songs and had demos, and then Matt and Nick came in and just replaced all the parts, and we made adjustments, and it was much more kind of synth and electronic-based, and on this tour that we're on currently, we're playing a bunch of that music as well, because it kind of works really well with the Glaciers Project. It really does. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of a different flavor, but it kind of gives it a, a nice variety in the show, so... I guess we're just really into studio records this this go-round. Who knows what will happen next? As far as the theme and the cohesiveness and even the song titles, what was that process like? Well, the song titles, I wish that I could tell you that it's just a deep sort of like meaning thing. Uh, And it is. Uh, No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Normally, when I first started out, like my song titles were like track one or like track three B or like track four a little different like stuff like this real kind of and and at some point i started really giving demos a name something that would just come to me and it's interesting because over time that has become more of a thing even in the foreign exchange where i'll work with my partner fonte at some point he started taking those demo names and and taking them seriously i'd never really intended for them to but he would somehow get informed in his ideas by the title that i chose so really they can be um they more represent a feeling than anything they're not necessarily philosophically like super intense you know like a pioneer 11 and then Saturn are kind of brother and sister on the album. And uh, Pioneer 11 was actually a satellite that was launched in the 70s, I think, to map Saturn and it's all its moons. So that's kind of where that came from. You know, some of them are directly referencing certain things and others are complete, just other bogus. I'll take credit for all of it. <laughs> it's just, it's sheer brilliance. It just comes, I don't know how I come up with it. Anything else you guys want to say about glaciers? Go out and buy it, right? <laughs> yes. Go out and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Nick Baglio. <laughs> yeah, please buy it and please look for us out on the road. Mm-hmm. Come out and hear us. And the, the live show is, you know, we're taking the record and taking it a little further. It's been a lot of fun. Matt Douglas? I'd just like to say we should uh, take care of our environment because those glaciers, as important as they are to us, they are going away. Yeah. So, shout out to the environment. Well, thank you for having us. As always, that's the main thing, right? Thank you. Thank you for inviting us and um, 
Thank you, California, for being just a down-ass, cool-ass state. That's really what it is, right? I mean, we traveled the country extensively, and I always tell people the city that I'm in is my favorite city because that's what you do. And I'm lying 90% of the time, just straight lying. But in California, I don't have to lie. I love it out here. Climate reminds me a little bit of home. You know, that it's got north, the, that, that North, that north Sea climate. Yeah, I just, I, I'm getting that a little bit over here. Which the North Sea, I don't think is anywhere close to here, but it somehow works out. There's more where that came from. Catch us next time on iHeartRadio. Nicolay. <laughs> Matt, Chris, and Nick. <laughs> and we are Nicolay and the Hotted Nights. Thank you. iHeartRadio 2018. She did not ask for any of that. No. I think she did. But I wanted it. I think she did. I think she was asking for it. That's the best part. thing that like, I wanted. And, yeah. Like, yeah. and I'm not a native speaker. So I got to... Very frustrating. I got to translate. Utter bogus. Utter bogus. I got to... That's the spot do my. I got to do my Rosetta Stone when I speak this English. Thank you. You're Thanks so much. That was fun. That was fun. Thanks again to Nicolay and the Hot at Nights for coming by. That was so much fun. And thank you so much for checking it out. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. And then reach out to me. Let me know what your favorite part was. Say hi or anything like that. I'm on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram it's at Special Says as well. Plus I'm coming out with a new project. It's going to be a whole month long project starting December 1st. So you might just want to check that out. As always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.